Welcome to episode eight of Miles and Pints, the travel and beer podcast. It's an exciting day here at Miles and Pints for a couple of reasons. First, you may have noticed that we haven't done a show in about a year and a half. Some things got in the way. I took a full-time job. I had another podcast to do. Um, it, it just got put on the side of things. But now that I have a bit more time, I'm coming back to do it. And the second thing is we are introducing a co-host today. Um, one of my uh, best travel friends, someone that I, I love to travel with, I love to drink with, and I'm super happy to have him on board. And this co-host is Derek Dye. So Derek, welcome to the show and welcome to co-hosting. Jeff, it's great to be here. Like you, I love beer. I love travel. So it's a good mix. Yeah, and I think we'll have a good time doing this together. Um, I wanted to take the listeners through a little bit of an introduction of you since you're new to the show. But before I do that, I want to mention that if if you're new to listening to Miles and Pints and you don't know who I am, um, go and listen to the back episodes. There's a whole lot about me in those. But <laughs> I've been traveling for, for quite a long time. I'm at this point a full-time uh, freelance writer in the travel world, and I am a, a fairly full-time beer drinker. <laughs> I love uh, local beers and, and traveling and um, getting to drink those those beers that are close by to wherever I'm visiting. So if you want to know about know more about me, go listen to some of the back episodes from season one. But uh, let's get right into things with Derek so you can get to learn about him. Derek, let's. Uh, why don't we go through a little bit of your background so people can get an idea of who you are, kind of where you're from, where you grew up, uh, what family you have in the area or elsewhere. Uh, just give me, give me a quick rundown of you as a person, I guess, and your background. I'm sorry, but it's all classified. Oh, no, that happens in the D.C. <laughs> area here quite a bit. I wish it were that interesting, right? Uh, I grew up in Southern Virginia. I uh, went to high school, college uh, down there, moved to Baltimore uh, to go to law school. Uh, so, uh, spoiler alert, I am a full-time attorney by day. I am a points and miles and beer nerd by night. Um, I work for an insurance company um, in-house, and I run the blog and Facebook group Travel on Points in my not-so-existent spare time. I also manage to find time occasionally for a pint or two. We'll leave it at two. Two, yeah. And then maybe another pint or two, or maybe... I, I, I won't say that I've seen you drink more than two pints, but I definitely have. So... <laughs> You, you talked a little bit about your family. Um, I know your lovely wife. The listeners don't. Uh, so let's let's give her a quick shout out. My lovely wife, Sarah, uh, my better half. She is also, spoiler alert, a full-time attorney. She is also a points and miles nerd and a beer lover uh, in her spare time. She helps me uh, run the blog and the Facebook group. And uh, we love to travel the world and drink beer. So really what we're saying is now that you're on board and your wife, by extension, is on board, uh, we're pretty good from a legal standpoint. If anybody comes after us for, for giving, uh, you know, saying a beer is good or bad when it, they don't like the answer. 
here's the problem, Jeff. I know a lot of good attorneys. Unfortunately, I am not one of them. So I can't help. Well, see, the knowledge is, is where it counts there. <laughs> uh, you mentioned before that you run the Travel On Points Facebook group, website, um, social accounts, all, all sorts of stuff that goes along with that. Uh, how long have you been in the miles and points world or the, the loyalty program travel world? So I dipped my toes into points and miles uh, in the early days of Southwest, uh, probably 06, 07. Uh, and Southwest and U.S. Airways were my primary points accumulation until I got uh, Sarah actually became serious in 2015. Uh, drug me in, um, kicking and screaming to uh, credit card churning, that sort of um, terrible activity. And uh, we've been fairly active, uh, extremely active, depending on your uh, perception uh, and your perspective since 2015. So full-time points of miles churning for five years. So you've had some time to learn a little bit about the game and uh, take a few trips. And you have actually... I well, I don't know the timing here, so I, I'm kind of asking this question backwards, but you took it a little bit farther in that you don't just want to fly on other people's planes, but you decided to go ahead and get your own pilot's license. Talk about that a little bit. I did. So my wife in for Christmas 2014, 2014, she bought me a Discovery flight as my Christmas gift. I went the first week of January to my local flight school and took that discovery flight. I was hooked, signed up for full-time lessons, and uh, got my pilot certificate in September of 2015. And uh, I'm now a co-owner of a very small, very old single-engine Piper uh, with three uh, of my flying buddies. So uh, I've just crossed over the 200-hour mark. I'm around 210 hours of uh, enjoying my time separated from all the other humans on earth. And we've talked a few times about flying that plane to go check out a couple of breweries that we could probably drive to, but it's more fun to fly to. So hopefully as, as things trend back towards normal, we'll actually be able to do that. Um, it's interesting that your wife uh, picked up that first discovery flight for you. It kind of mirrors how I got into skydiving. Um, my wife had worked out for me to get a, a first tandem jump for my 30th birthday. Um, I won't say how many years ago, but a lot. Um, and I got down to the ground and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this a lot now. And within the next year, I had my license and owned my own shoot and was jumping out of a plane three or four times every Saturday morning. Um, so I guess that's a warning to the wives or the husbands out there. Be careful what you buy your spouse because it may turn into an addiction. And in your case, uh, owning a plane. Right. It's one of those things. It's the double edged sword with gifts. Right. When you when you give an adrenaline junkie something that is a charge of adrenaline, there's a good chance they become addicted and. That your gift is just the beginning. So especially when it's an expensive hobby, you may want to think two or three or four times before giving that gift. But on the other hand, I both the, the skydive and the flight lesson, super good gifts by our wives. 
obviously. I mean, it couldn't Fantastic. have done much better. <laughs> Absolutely. 100% it, agree. It did cost a lot over the years, though. But, you know, we sometimes won't, We won't happens. talk about that. No, no, yeah. we don't. We don't look at the overall costs. I saved a lot by buying my own chute because it was much less expensive every time I jumped. We'll just say that. Owning your own plane is much cheaper than renting, as long as you don't do the cost breakdown. Yeah, yeah. You just—I mean, you don't have to rent when you want to go. You just fuel exactly. Some airport fees. As, you're up in the air. Perfect. As as long as you keep telling yourself it's cheaper to own than rent, it has to be true. I'm not sure if it has to be true, but we'll go with that. So Thank you're. You. You're currently, we tried to record this yesterday and we're doing it today instead because of a, a weird internet issue happening because you're currently in the middle of moving out of your house and you're doing something that it, it terrifies me just hearing about it. But uh, go over the, for the listeners what your plan is for the next year or so, year and a half. Hopefully nine months. So in addition to working full time, as attorneys and running um, a Facebook and blog full time and drinking beer and flying airplanes, Sarah and I have decided to sell our house and build a new dream house. So we are selling our house this week. It should be sold by the time this recording goes live. And we are uh, fully committed to designing and constructing our dream home. So our design plans just finished. We're waiting to get those back so they can give us the important details like how much our dream home is going to cost. Uh, we, we aren't quite sure yet if we can actually afford our dream house. So our dream house may not ever happen the way we think it so will. So it may end up being a, a mostly dream house or a semi-dream house? I mean... 75% of your dreams better than none. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the location you're in, if you just threw a tent on that land, I think it would be gorgeous. So whatever, whatever you end up with there, it's going to be beautiful. Right. We're looking forward to it. It's stressful, but uh, we're in a good, we're in a good situation. And with COVID, you know, shutting down the world uh, in for months at a time, it's a good time to just step back and relax and and get a dream home built. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, a lot of people are doing projects at home. I hung a couple of sheets of drywall yesterday and another one today before we uh, had this recording scheduled, uh, remodeling a bathroom. A lot of people are getting stuff done at home. You decided to just make a whole new home. But you mentioned that uh, the whole world shutting down for travel and it's I, things are getting better in some places. Things are getting worse in some places. But let's talk a little bit about travel. I think we've we've heard enough about you. We'll learn some more about you as time goes on. And let's get into the, the kind of the topics that we'll cover here on the podcast. And that's travel and beer. And we'll start with travel and go over kind of a, a current state of things, which is, especially for Americans, not good. It's it, There's not a lot of places we can go. There's not a lot of places we should be going. And I think we we all heard uh, over the past week or two about the vaccines rolling out. And when you, you start to look at at least when when I personally will get a vaccine, it's not anytime soon. So it's been kind of a roller coaster of, yeah, we might be able to travel. Oh, I'm still not going to be able to travel and, and trying to figure out what we're going to do. 
what have you been thinking? Have you seen the news come out over the past week or so? What's been going through your mind? You know, Jeff, I think most of us in the in the travel world, uh, most of our listeners that are in the travel world, we are becoming overwhelmed with tracking the always changing rules about travel to various states, to various countries, what's open, what's not, what type of test you have, the time frame when it has to be completed, so on and so forth. I can't imagine what the average human is going through if they need to travel somewhere because we do this all the time and I'm quickly becoming overwhelmed. A perfect example is why changing the rules day by day. Over the last few weeks, you know, initially the vaccine info was really helpful for travelers. You would think as the world, you know, millions and millions and millions of doses uh, are are distributed and, and taken, that travel would some, you know, very slowly return back to normal. In the process of returning to normal, you would hope that more countries open and more importantly, that people can travel to more countries and do it safely. But I tell you, the last seven to 10 days have, you know, especially starting with the vaccines rolling out in the UK, there's been some really scary info. You know, the, the like you say, the lack of vaccines, uh, the average person our age, you know, um, say 45 or younger, we may not see those until late summer or fall of 2021. There's the news uh, out of the UK, the the. I forget which uh, pharmaceutical company they are using in the UK, but those are now uh, not recommended for anyone who has any type of anaphylactic reaction to anything, uh, which is you know one to two percent of the population. So yeah, that rules right out off the a bat. lot of people. I think that's is that AstraZeneca in the UK. It may be, yeah. And uh, personally, that affects me. I have a severe shellfish allergy um, with an anaphylactic response. So uh, if, if I were presented that vaccine at this point, uh, the medical advice would be not to take it. Um, so if, if we get to a point where vaccines are required for travel, um, I would not be on that short list for travel unfortunately, to a lot of places. I'm hoping that doesn't happen with the other vaccines and, and it really uh, does not prohibit, you know, all the kids with peanut allergies, for example, or, you know, uh, people with uh, more uh, lesser known food allergies or other uh, allergies. Uh, you would hope that, you know, something like that wouldn't bar them from getting a vaccine and being able to travel in the future. But I don't know a lot of conflicting info and, and it's it's a scary time. And also, I would I would think I would like to hope that enough people who are able to will take the vaccine that we can we can get things under control because there are in addition to the people with allergies that may not be able to take that specific vaccine. There's a lot of people with autoimmune issues or going through cancer treatments or going through a variety of things that are are their immune systems are too delicate to take any type of vaccine right now. So to um, that whole group of the population to say they wouldn't be able to travel again would just be horrible. So there there has to be a better situation, but hopefully we'll get enough of a, a turnaround from that vaccine 
Um, I just don't know how long it will take. I think I'm pretty far down the list because I work from home, so I have nothing job-related that that would move me up the list. I actually tested positive for antibodies this fall. Uh, We think my wife picked up COVID probably grocery shopping back when this first started uh, late March, early April. So we're thinking that the whole family had it at that point and I just had no symptoms. But I would assume that if I have antibodies, antibodies, I'm probably not too high on the list to get a vaccine to give me antibodies. <laughs> so, I, I mean, who knows what the timing's going to look like and how many people will actually take it. But uh, travel's kind of up in the air right now. It's funny, the, the last time we recorded a podcast together, I was, and it, it all rolls into the, the reason that Miles and, Points, uh, Miles and Pints has taken such a hiatus is because I had taken a, a full-time job managing a a large Miles and Points-focused Facebook group, and along with that came a podcast and a whole bunch of other stuff. But um, b- before you agreed to sign on and, and co-host this, we were going to have you come on and co-host that podcast. And we did we did a, a brief... Um, we actually recorded a full episode. I, I say brief. It wasn't brief. We recorded a full episode. We had three different segments. We talked about travel. We talked about the next vacation we were planning. We talked about uh, a few different things. And you were saying before we got on here that you literally walked downstairs and found out everything was not valid that we had talked about. That's right. I'll never forget it. I forget the day, March, probably 11th of 2020. But I walked downstairs after recording uh, that podcast episode and Sarah sitting on the couch tells me the NHL has canceled their season or postponed their season. The NBA has postponed their season. Um, things are shut down. I'm no longer going to work. I'm thinking it's, I was gone from seven, you know, six thirty or seven to seven thirty or 8 PM. How did all of this transpire in an hour? Well, here we, here we are in December and not much has changed. Yeah, and hopefully we said if we get done with this recording today and this afternoon or this evening, um, something, again, absolutely horrible happens, then we'll probably never do a show together again. But I I hope this whole thing was not caused by us so that we can keep doing this together because it's a a nice little outlet here as we're sitting at home. I, I highly doubt you and I together are that powerful, but there's always a chance. Yeah, it would, I mean, it would be nice if we were that powerful and could use our powers for good, but hopefully we're not that powerful and using them for evil. So that's kind of the where travel is in general right now. Uh, have you canceled anything this week? Have you been, I mean, a lot of us had booked things far out hoping they were going to happen. A lot of us had not booked things uh, anything come up that you had to deal with in the past week or so that you had to give up on? Uh, it hurts me to talk about it. This week we canceled our New Year's Eve plans, our trip to uh, California that we booked in May. We had a night uh, in the Pebble Beach area, uh, two nights at Hyatt Regency, uh, Carmel Valley, I believe, 30,000-point property or 25,000-point property, and then we had three nights booked at Ventana Big Sur, uh, which is now an all-inclusive property. That one's particularly hurt. We had already received a suite upgrade, and uh, the per-night cost was somewhere north of $3,000 or 
or 30,000 Hyatt points, you know. So one um, of the best points values out there, especially in the Hyatt program and yeah. had to say goodbye Ten to cent, it. Yeah. 10 cents a point, you know, and it's, uh, and just wanting to try Ventana, um, especially all inclusive. And for New Year's, it was going to be just a, uh, a blowout weekend and a blowout trip that we had booked, like I said, way back in May when we thought all this would be gone. And, and uh, with uh, Monterey County um, imposing their lockdown, which I guess goes into effect uh, Sunday the 13th, I think Ventana yesterday announced they're actually closing uh, temporarily through, I guess, January. Uh, the lockdown's through January 11th. So cancel that when it hurt, uh, but we shall recover. Did you uh, cancel anything or book anything this week? Yeah, I had a I had a semi painful week. I kind of knew it was coming. We had scheduled again back early when we thought things might get better. By now, um, the Radisson had opened up a Radisson Blue property in the Maldives, and my wife has always wanted to stay at an all uh, not an all inclusive uh, an overwater bungalow, um, one of those properties. And most of the most of those that you can book on points, you book the base room and then you can pay often a few hundred dollars up to several hundred dollars and they'll upgrade you to that overwater villa. The cool thing about the Radisson Blue, if we can ever get there, is that their base points room is the overwater with a private pool. So as soon as they announced that property opened, I booked six nights there in January and back about two months ago, I got the first notices about my flights, that there were problems. And a lot of times if flights change, you'll get an email that your flight has been rescheduled. I got I got so many emails and I just avoided it for the longest time. And I finally looked this week and ended up having to, to shut the whole trip down. But one of them, uh, I think it was... Alaska Airlines didn't even give me options. They just sent me an email and they were like, your flight has changed. Please call us and we'll try and figure something out. And I was like, oh no. So it Who ended you up scheduled to fly. Uh, I was flying Emirates, I believe one way and Qatar the other way. Um, but the return flight, they had rescheduled that one, but we were scheduled originally on uh, a connecting flight on a Thursday and they rescheduled it to a Friday first leg and Sunday second leg. And I was like, well, that's not going to work because <laughs> we we're trying to sneak this trip in while we could. So I actually do still have to uh, cancel. I had booked, um, I think it was the return I had booked with Qantas Miles and I've had a tr- tremendously hard time getting a hold of them this week so i figured i'd just put that off a little bit but i have the outgo the outbound flights on alaska canceled and i have the hotel canceled so it's just a matter of getting a hold of someone that can cancel it for me uh with Qantas, and that's a sad trip to cancel but again just um although we can technically go in january flight schedules made it kind of impossible and i don't think we're comfortable traveling at this point that's the problem as I see it now. Even if you're comfortable traveling and even if where you want to go is open for travel, can you get there and can you get back? Flights are so many flights are canceled. So many routes just aren't operating the way they used to be. Uh, it's it's really, really difficult once your original flight 
is canceled. To and find I think you you said it earlier when you mentioned that hey, for us it's not that big a problem. I mean, if you can't find an option, it becomes a problem. But for the normal person who doesn't pay attention to this twenty four hours a day and who isn't comfortable talking to the airlines via Twitter and via whatever chatting in their app and things like that. Uh, a simple flight change, especially once you've started traveling, is is really hard to deal with. Um, whereas you have someone like me who I, I booked a flight coming home next fall, which I'm hoping I'm going to be able to take from Europe. And one of the options that it gave me, I was booking with Flying Blue Miles, and it gave me an option to connect, connect through the Amsterdam airport with a uh, layover of 50 minutes. And I booked it. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll make it. I'm pretty sure I can't make it. But, you know, there's worse things than being stuck in Amsterdam for a night. Absolutely. I know a couple of good beer bars I'd be heading to once I, you know, accidentally missed that flight. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I don't not want to come home, but if I didn't make it home for another day, would it be the worst thing? No. But for a lot of people, that that would really be a, a stressful situation. Whereas I'm just going to, you know, kind of jog through the airport and hope for the best. And if I don't make it, eh, I'll grab a hotel somewhere. Good plan. So I guess that kind of brings me to the the next thing I wanted to talk a little bit about. And it, that's, do you have any pr- planned travel at this point? Um, we talked about stuff we've had to cancel. I know a lot of people that I... I interact with on social media has said that they they just don't have it in their heart to book anything at this point because so many trips have been canceled. Um, do you have anything at this point on the books ready ready to go or hopefully ready to go? I've got a bunch of trips lined up for next year, and I just keep going with the keep booking and have something to look forward to, and and then you know cancel if you need to. January we have a uh, a weekend. The U.S. Virgin Islands to go sailing on a catamaran. We love to do that. We try and do it once a year. Who knows if that'll happen. If we can get there, it's a perfect socially distanced weekend. We'll be on a a catamaran with just a few people uh, and spread out and everyone will have negative tests. So that should be uh, safe for us. It should be safe for the locals as we won't even set foot on land, really. We'll just stay on the boat and snorkel all week. Uh, in May, I have a week scheduled to go to Sicily for my 40th birthday, have a really, really nice villa booked and eight people going. Um, I don't know that trip's probably 50, 50 right now, but I'm hoping vaccine news may, may make that happen. And then I booked, uh, uh, with my co-host to go to uh, Germany for this little event called Oktoberfest. Um, those are the three trips I have so far. Yeah. And that's actually the only one I have booked at this point. Um, I was looking at rebooking spring break. Uh, we canceled a Greece trip this past year for spring break. So I was looking at rebooking that, but then it just, I just don't think we're going to be able to go in, in end of March. Um, so I don't have anything before that booked and I'm fine with booking some last minute stuff if things open up, but probably I won't be booking any major trips before that fall trip next year. And at this point, really, I'm just hoping that's going to happen. I'm really hoping that's going to happen. We have a pretty big group put together of people who are excited to finally be traveling. And uh, we it's it's growing every day. I think we're up over 100 people who have shown interest in the trip at this point. And 
I don't I don't know how many will show up. It won't obviously won't be near that number, but it could be a pretty big group we we show up over there in Germany with. People love to travel. People love to drink beer. Sounds like a really good opportunity for a podcast, right? Yeah, maybe we should do something with that. Oh, wait, we are. That's exactly what we're doing. And it's a, a great segue over into the next topic, which is beer. I think it's important when we record these shows that we should probably be drinking, right? Uh, I know I'm having a beer here. Uh, I have a, I have an advent calendar that my wife picked up for me at Costco, which is 24 imported German beers. And the first 12 days were kind of what I expected them to be in that they were a lot of, of lagers, a, a couple of pale ales. Uh, there was a Vienna lager yesterday. Um, nice, nice, light colored, solid, tasty German beers. Um, they're all lesser known breweries, so it's kind of cool to get to try these places I've never tried before. And then I pulled the one out. Uh, I actually pulled it out just after midnight last night so that I knew it would be cold for this recording. Um, and it's a, a stout, which... I'm trying to think back. I don't know that I've ever had a German stout. I know I've had some Doppelbachs. I've had a lot of lagers. I've had some Pilsners. I've had some some random beers, but I don't think I've ever got a stout in Germany. So this is my first one, and I'm eh, I'm kind of eh on it. I didn't when I started drinking at the beginning of the recording, you kind of looked at my my face and you were like, so it's not good. And I was, it's grown on me as we've gone here, but certainly not one of my favorite stouts. Um, so we'll see by the end of it if it's a little bit better. The Germans are known for a lot of good beer. I've never really thought of them or heard of them as having good stouts. Yeah, when I pulled it out, I was like, well, that, what? that's not what should be coming out of this calendar. But I guess the calendar is is getting me a lot of different stuff that I haven't seen. So um, it, it's kind of cool to be able to try this, even though it's, it's not the best one I've had. So I've had some fun this weekend, Jeff. Uh, as, a, as a symptom, I guess, of moving this weekend, I've been cleaning out the cellar. And the cellar has a bunch of really good sours that have been sitting in there for years. So last night uh, with my neighbors and Sarah, we drank the four sours from Russian River Brewing Company in Santa Rosa, California, Supplication, Consecration, uh, and I forget the others, uh, Supplication, Consecration, Salvation, and something else. Uh, we drank years 2016 and 2017 of each i bought those in 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 february of 17 and february of 18 so the youngest had been in my cellar for almost three years and the oldest for almost four years they were drinking absolutely fantastic i just had a couple of weeks ago uh, a sour that i had picked up um from trogues brewing a couple summers ago and it was uh it was a 2017 on the label and I just I hadn't purposely aged it, but it kind of got lost in one of the cabinets uh, where we keep some some wines and it was a little bigger bottle. So I had tucked it in there um, and it was I, I feel like I need to start aging some more beers because it was delicious. How was the how was the um, the gas on yours? Was it a little flat or had it stayed had it stayed true to form? 
No, it had, it had stayed true to form. It was it was good. It was in a uh, a corked bottle. I don't know if that makes a difference, but yeah, it was. I I assume it was pretty similar to the way it was when they bottled it. Well, I mean, it wasn't it, gas wise. I assume it was what their goal was. <laughs> All of ours were corked, and they the sixteens more so than the seventeens tasted slightly flat. They the sour. Uh, had become more complex and you could tell it was a much, um, you know, uh, considering these are, I think all listed as wild L they were all much more funkier than when we originally drank them. But the, the gas portion of it had, had mellowed out quite a bit, but the 17 was, were drinking, all of them were drinking phenomenally. They were super, super funky and they were, they were still, drinking beautifully so that was that was a good night last night yeah there's a lot of fun things that kind of happen with those uh beers that are are still changing and still growing as as they age and hang out in the bottles um it's always fun to see and occasionally you get one that you're like oh no shouldn't have done that should should have drank that right away but a lot of times uh, you can appreciate the sometimes strange flavors or the the little bit of a kick that comes out of it uh you get you get rewarded with some some deliciousness when you do that. Gotta love it. I I don't have a lot of beers that I age, but I I guess my cellar before last night had maybe twenty different beers. Some of them, you know, you probably shouldn't age very long. But uh, these were I would the next round I would definitely age at least three years, and I wouldn't mind leaving some in the cellar once we get a new house with a new cellar leave them in there for a decade or so and see what, see how funky they can get. I think the only beer I have, um, in my basement right now <laughs> is, uh, about half a case of a Sam Adams winter sampler because I, I, I picked that up at Costco. Also, it was a, a whim purchase. Um, I went to school up in Worcester, Massachusetts, kind of when, when Sam Adams was becoming more of a thing, and that was if we were going to drink good beer, that was what we got was the Sam Adams beer, which a lot of times now people will be like, oh, that's one of the mass produced, not as great, not a local beer. But I still I'm it it brings me back if I have a Boston lager like that, that brings me back to college and, and hanging out um, in one of the local bars or in the fraternity house. And so I picked up a, a case of that and I drank part of it and then forgot it was there until my son actually the other day was like, you know, you have a case of beer in the basement, right? And I was like, oh yeah, I do, don't I? <laughs> but now I'm on these uh, these German beers for Advent. So I don't know, maybe January I'll get to drink that. Um, or maybe as I maybe I should start doing some more day drinking. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just sitting around the house at this point. Never a bad idea. And speaking of your Advent calendar, other than uh, drinking your way through that, uh, what's been your uh, most recent brewery? visit uh my most recent brewery visit was uh the solace outpost in falls church here in virginia um solace brewing i had been a fan of they're out i don't know loudon county somewhere i i get confused where all those breweries are but it's probably about a half hour west of where i live but um there was an old brew pub that had been here for years that closed down last year. Uh, I think last year, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and they took over that space and it's just a couple miles from my house. 
and they're calling it the Solace Outpost. And they're doing some brewing there. Um, it's a smaller location than their main brewery. And then they have several of the brews from the main brewery there also. And I have a, a friend, my friend Becky, we've been getting together. Well, we started this summer um, getting together every couple of weeks. We would go visit a new brewery and do socially distance outdoor drinking and and have a few drinks. And then she ended up moving to Colorado because she's working remotely. So she's she's living with a friend out there. Um, and she was back for Thanksgiving. So we, we snuck out and we went to a brewery and, and had a few drinks and it was, it was great. They were, they were super thankful that we were there. I think they do a really good job with their beers and a variety of styles. Um, and actually one of the owners came over and talked to us for a little bit. They own, uh, the two solace breweries, they own a winery and, and one of the family members is the main brewer there. So it was it was a great experience. I will definitely go back. Um, I'm not sure when, but I, I will definitely support them and would love to keep them in that location because I think the beers are far superior to what was coming out of there before um, with the previous with the previous place. How about yourself? Where where's the last place that you uh, managed to get yourself a, a drink in person, I guess? I don't think I visited any breweries in person. Uh, since my trip to Asheville, which was in early October, uh, I went down there with one of our mutual uh, points and miles beer buddies, Rick, and uh, we went down there for four days. What a lovely uh, socially distanced beer drinking town, I tell you. Every I was pretty jealous now- uh, seeing the pictures come in that you guys were putting up and the different places you were at and the, the outdoor spaces. It just looked beautiful. Yeah, I mean it. It's already a beer mecca, right? I mean, it has forty plus breweries in the in the region. I swear, every single one of them has a perfect outdoor space with tables, and um, they were already getting the heating lamp set up for uh, for the early winter when we visited. It was just it was awesome. We spent four days there. Uh, every place was organized with you know with uh, reservations, so you could get a table. Uh, you could uh, be away from everyone else. You could sit outside and and drink beer safely. It was it was great setup and and great beer and great food. Highly recommend Asheville and their and all their local breweries. Yeah, I love what a lot of breweries and a lot of restaurants really have done with moving to outdoor spaces. Uh, it'll be interesting to see as we get into winter and it gets a little bit colder here in the, the mid Atlantic, uh, kind of what they're able to do to still do that safely. I'm not sure. I think if you put up a tent and then put walls on that tent and close it all off and heat it, it kind of becomes indoors again. And I, I'm not real comfortable with going into those places, but I am fine. I mean, I grew up in upstate New York, so I'm fine sitting with gloves and a hat and a, a warm coat and maybe some thermal. Uh, I, I have a pair of khakis that are flannel lined from L.L. Bean. So like I'm fine sitting outside in the cold with my nose getting cold and drinking a beer. So I hope a lot of places will stay open and we'll have enough people uh, going and doing that. But it'll be interesting to see what happens, uh, especially here and as we get farther north uh, here in the States like you say these cold winter days give me a you know an indoor room temperature stout i'll sit outside and drink it in 30 degree weather with hat and gloves on right i mean it doesn't get much better than that 
Yeah, um, especially now, if it's a like an imperial stout and it warms you up a little bit more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I mean, you give me a you know what's an example? You give me a forty degree pilsner, or as much as I love IPAs, you give me a 42 43 degree ipa it's going to be tough to sit outside and drink those because even if you're in hat and gloves your your lips are going to be frozen right yeah you just get cold quick exactly but yeah an imperial stout or uh, something along those lines uh and you serve it you know 65 degrees be perfect to sit outside all bundled up be perfect with uh, one of those Mexican hot chocolate stouts that give you the little bit of spiciness to them, and that would be really good. Now I now I'm yeah. kind of my mouth is watering a little bit. I might have to go find myself one of those once it cools down. It's warm here today. It's it's probably in the mid 60s, I think, or low 60s, and it's lovely outside. And it's just supposed to drop in the next couple of days, and we're maybe going to get several inches of snow by Wednesday. So I may need some of those warmer beers as we get into the week farther along here. The weather forecast I saw this morning for the Baltimore area was 15 inches on Wednesday. So that is definitely stout weather. Wow. I better stock up because I'm not that far from the Baltimore area. <laughs> I think we're on the a little bit lower end or the way the bands were showing. Um, but I don't know, who knows what we're going to get. And I think with that, our, our plans for drinking beer in the snow, we should probably wrap things up here. We probably rambled on for long enough. Um, I think people have kind of a good idea of who you are now. And uh, let's talk a little bit about what they can expect going forward with the podcast. We're going to try and do episodes twice a month. We're going to be talking to brewers. We're going to be talking to brewery owners and uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk to some bartenders. Maybe we'll talk to some some people who run the tap room. Maybe we'll talk to some customers. I mean, it, nothing's off limit uh, as long as it's it's brewery specific, and uh, we can talk to someone about a, a local beer of some type. That's going to be half the episodes. That's those are going to be on the fifteenth of the month. I think is the way we have it worked out. And then on the first of every month, we're going to be talking to a traveler. A lot of these are going to be friends of ours. Um, a lot of them are going to be people we don't know, uh, but people who travel a lot. And we'll talk a little bit about their travels and what they're doing at this point and what they're excited about and how they've traveled in the past and a little bit about how they drink when they travel, what they like to drink, mostly beer talk. There may be some champagne talk. There may be some cocktail talk. I know on the, the trip a couple of years ago, I had had so much beer by the time I left uh, Pilsen in the Czech Republic that in Prague, I only had cocktails. It's a town that people go to to drink beer. And I only had cocktails in that town. I didn't have a single beer. So somewhere Rick is crying. Yeah. You know, Prague is his favorite city and he loves their beer. So yeah, Rick yeah, is crying. I was actually in Pilsen with Rick, so, but he, <laughs> he didn't continue on the trip. He was headed in the, uh, the opposite direction. Um, but that's what people can expect going forward, where uh, it's going to be me and Derek kind of trading off and talking. If one of us is traveling, we're going to try to record with a local brewery wherever we are, with the other one of us uh, doing the, the remote thing like we're doing right now. Um, the, the first example of that, I'm hopefully heading up to my parents' house in New York for Christmas for a little while. 
Um, and I, I made some good connections yesterday via Facebook with a couple of brewers up there. So uh, hopefully that'll be our first uh, away from the, the Virginia, D.C., Maryland area uh, for the new season. And we'll be able to talk to, to someone who's brewing beer up there in upstate New York. And maybe they'll have some some of those good warm stouts for us. Uh, well, for me, you won't be there. So, <laughs> And I guess that probably sums it up for the episode. Uh, thank everyone. Thank you, everyone, for, for listening, for coming back to us after such a break. Uh, welcome to all of the new people who are signing up because uh, you heard about us through uh, Derek and through Travel on Points. And please uh, subscribe so you'll know when new things are coming out. Leave us a rating if you liked it. If you didn't like it, you know, maybe don't leave us a rating. But do let us know if there's something we can improve on. Send us a message. And if you're interested in being a guest, if you own a brewery, if you run a brewery, if you brew beer, uh, if you travel, anything you think would fit in with the show, if you're interested in being a guest, get in touch with us. But subscribe. Look forward to those new episodes coming down the road. And I'm excited to have Derek on board. And I guess we end with uh, cheers. Maybe someday again, we'll see you in the tap room. Cheers, everyone. What you should do If you love to